Hi, I'm Alan Alexandrov, and I'm one of the senior editors of the journal Global Summetry. It's my real pleasure today to introduce our guest uh, for the Summit Dialogue series on the Osaka G20, Jia Jingguo. Jia Jingguo has uh, recently finished his time as the Dean of the School of International Studies, SIS, at Peking University, or as we commonly refer to it, Beidang. Jia Jingguo received his PhD from uh, Cornell University and taught at a number of schools, including in the United States. Uh, Jia uh, Jingguo has published extensively on U.S.-China relations, uh, relations between the Chinese mainland and Taiwan, and Chinese foreign policy and Chinese politics. Uh, so it was, you know, for me a real pleasure. I've known uh, Jia Jingguo for a number of years to be able to sit down in the virtual uh, studio and examine the China perspective on, um, and in particular the Chinese government perspective, on uh, the Osaka uh, G20 summit. With this episode 15 uh, of the uh, Summit Dialogue series, we close out the review of the uh, Osaka G20 Summit. So let's join Jia Jingguo in the virtual podcast studio for uh, episode 15. Well, welcome, Jia Jingguo. It's a real pleasure to have you with us on this uh, on this podcast. So, uh, thank you. It's really, really uh, a, a pleasure. So, let me um, let me begin by asking you a, a few questions about uh, the um, Osaka uh, G20 summit and kind of the Chinese perspective on it. Uh, let me start mm-hmm. with this. Uh, uh, question. Uh, Shiro Armstrong, who's the editor of the East Asia Forum, right after the completion of the, of the um, uh, summit, um, wrote a piece which was uh, quite negative. I mean, just a, a small excerpt. The Osaka G20 summit may yet be remembered in history as the moment the global rules-based order was lost. And then he goes on uh, beyond that. From uh, a Chinese government perspective, as best you understand it, uh, did the government um, and the Chinese leadership believe that the Osaka summit was was a success or not? Um, and w- what did they think uh, was the value of this of the G20 summit in Japan? Well, I think from the Chinese uh, perspective. Uh, the Osaka summit can be regarded as a success. Uh, first, uh, most countries uh, agree to uh, adhere to multilateral cooperation mm-hmm. on uh, global uh, issues. So they uh, are working together uh, to uh, uh, deal with issues like trade, um, like uh, uh, climate change, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, other issues. 
Second, I think Chinese、uh, believe that、uh, the summit between Chinese leader Xi Jinping and、uh, American President、uh, Donald Trump、uh, was、uh, quite positive.、Uh, the two sides、uh, agreed to continue、uh, trade negotiations, with the U.S. promise not to uh, increase uh, tariffs again.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so, uh, in, in that regard,、uh, I think the two side,、uh, the, the the Chinese side, believe that、uh, it's、uh, quite a success. Well, Jiajing Guo, let me let me follow up on that because、uh, I'm not sure you've heard the the most recent、uh, kind of tweet and then statement by President Trump, but he is now. Uh, as a result of the meeting in Shanghai the,、uh, between the trade representatives, said that he's going to raise tariffs on the remaining three hundred billion dollars of Chinese goods by ten percent on September first, and and suggested that、uh, you know that uh, uh, he was doing so in part because he believed that the、uh, Chinese had failed. Uh, to kind of live up to the discussion, the agreement between himself and Xi Jinping. So, so what do you think, uh, uh, you know,、uh, of the result of the of the Shanghai summit,、uh, or sorry,、uh, of the Shanghai meeting、uh, that that occurred, and now Trump's statement about raising tariffs? Well,、uh, the Osaka summit uh, uh, was a success. Right. But then、uh, Trump is an、uh, uncertain factor. <laughs> he changes all the time. Right. So、uh, this time uh, he uh, changes mind again. Uh, uh, that's uh, uh, quite uh, predictable in a way.、Mm-hmm. Uh, so、uh, we should not be surprised. That, that doesn't mean that Osaka summit fails. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, but, but I mean, it leaves、uh, you know the the one of the key issues, the trade issue, particularly between China and the United States, as rather、uh, fraught it seems with his threat to raise tariffs in September. But I take it you see this as a separate separate matter from from the summit itself. Right. I think the summit in Osaka they agreed、uh, to continue with trade talks. Mm-hmm. Uh, with, and, and the U.S. side promised not to lift,、uh, raise sanctions again,、mm-hmm. uh, and this time、uh, they changed their mind. Uh, so uh, uh, it's a it's a sort of remake on their side.、Um, whatever reason they they side with, I think the Chinese side、uh, has demonstrated its willingness to negotiate with the U.S. But the U.S. wants a complete win, uh, mm-hmm. uh, even though that means a complete loss on the part of China, and、mm-hmm. that's not acceptable for、uh, as far as China is concerned. Okay, okay. Well, as you、uh, you know, trade clearly was one of those kind of、uh, top tier kinds of issues、um, that that they were dealing with at、uh, at the Osaka summit. Yeah, just let's complete the kind of examination of the the trade question. Was from the perspective of the Chinese leadership some、um, a, you know kind of advance or satisfactory outcome with respect to 
uh, WTO reform and the broader dispute resolution uh, problems at the WTO? I think uh, the Chinese government's position is uh, that it supports WTO reforms. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has seen problems with the WTO uh, mechanism uh, for a long time, and uh, it has been pushing for uh, reforms. But the the reforms uh, that are proposed by uh, uh, the members are very different. Uh, uh, the developing countries want to have more, uh, you know, uh, efforts to make, uh, you know, a sort of uh, uh, free and differentiated uh, responsibilities mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, implemented, uh, whereas uh, uh, the U.S. Uh, and also uh, some uh, Western countries demand uh, for, uh, you know, Undifferentiated free trade. Uh, uh, so uh, that's uh, uh, th- there is a difference in terms of uh, the demands on the part of the uh, different countries uh, in the G20. Mm-hmm. And China, uh, I think, is somewhere in the middle. Uh, it, it used to be more on the side of the developing countries, uh, emphasizing. Uh, the differentiated responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other words, uh, the developing countries should have uh, uh, should enjoy uh, you know preferential trade status. Now uh, it's uh, it still uh, supports this position, but at the same time, it, it also uh, gives more emphasis on on, on free and uh, fair trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has deter- it has determined to make reforms at home to make sure that. Uh, it is uh, uh, able to compete uh, on that basis. Mm-hmm. So uh, do you believe that the Chinese leadership uh, feels that, uh, you know, progress can still be made with respect to uh, WTO, in particular WTO reform and the dispute resolution system? Is that still a real possibility? I think so. I think uh, uh, China prefers a reformed uh, WTO uh, to a unilateralist uh, approach on the part of the uh, the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, China believes that in a multilateral uh, setting, uh, you know, uh, the the trade issue will be handled uh, in a in a way that is more fair mm-hmm. than. Uh, than the sort of bilateral setting with the U.S. waging the protectionist, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, prejudice. Okay, um, you know, there were instances of of Trump kind of meeting with various leaders. We've talked about already Xi Jinping. I want to just draw your attention before I move on to the other top tier issue, which is climate change, which was this meeting right after the conclusion. Of the um, of the Osaka summit, where um, Trump flew to Korea, and in fact met mm-hmm. with uh, Kim Jong Un uh, at the uh, at the DMZ, and you know the the they meet they met and and talked for an hour. There was a view that uh, that 
the talks between uh, the uh, the North Koreans, the DPRK, and the United States and others was um, back on track, and they'd be able to uh, move forward on the discussions with respect to denuclearization. But seemingly, you know, nothing has happened since then. And in fact, the only things that have happened are these uh, tests that the uh, North Koreans have had with uh, admittedly short-range missiles, but nevertheless a series of short-range missile tests. How does the Chinese leadership regard that meeting and the consequences so far uh, of uh, of the discussions that took place? Well, China welcomes. Uh, direct talks between uh, the U.S. and North Korea uh, to resolve the uh, denuclearization issue peacefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, China, of course, welcomes uh, such kind of efforts. Uh, however, uh, I think from the Chinese perspective, uh, uh, the meeting was uh, more uh, symbolic uh, of symbolic value then uh, of uh, substantive uh, you know agreements mm-hmm. so uh, uh, China uh, believes that uh, uh, the the second the Hanoi summit uh, in, in Hanoi summit at least uh, they were close to a sort of agreement mm-hmm. uh, there was some kind of a negotiation uh, in this summit there was uh, just photo ops and then the empty promise of uh, meeting again. Mm-hmm. So uh, uh, the North, de- North Korean denuclearization issue is uh, like uh, permanently put off. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me turn now to uh, so, uh, let me turn now to the climate change uh, portion uh, of the Osaka I'll- summit. The the leader's declaration. Um, it would appear, well, th- there were two paragraphs that uh, were written uh, with respect to uh, uh, the uh, question of climate change. One was paragraph 35, which discussed, you know, the Paris Accord and how it was irreversible. And 19 uh, members, uh, 19 of the 20, uh, signed on to that um, uh, paragraph. And then there was a separate paragraph, uh, paragraph 36, uh, in which the United States indicated its, its uh, distaste, dislike for the um, <clears throat> Paris Agreement and its determination to leave the Paris Agreement. Um, it would appear then, I mean, I wanted to get a sense of where the Chinese leadership, I assume they supported uh, these two paragraphs because we had understood that Japan tried to get a single paragraph um, uh, which would satisfy both sides, but that the Europeans, in particular President uh, Macron, uh, insisted that there be a um, support for the Paris Agreement uh, in the declaration, and as a result, uh, the two uh, paragraphs were written. Um, I, I take it the Chinese uh, leaders, the leadership, uh, was uh, supportive of having these two two distinct paragraphs. Well, I think China supports uh, the Paris Agreement. Uh-huh. Uh, 
Uh, that's uh, unmistakable. Uh, uh, China uh, agrees to uh, include the uh, U.S. Uh, paragraph uh, in part because it doesn't want to complicate the relationship between the two countries. Okay. So uh, uh, on this issue, I think most countries uh, endorse uh, the Paris Agreement on clim- cl- climate change. Mm-hmm. The U.S. is alone. And uh, uh, in the U.S., uh, you know, uh, the administration is alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people in the U.S. do not support the administration's uh, <laughs> opposition to the Paris Agreement. That is, that is <laughs> certainly if the public opinion polls are correct, you're absolutely right. There are many Americans who uh, do not support uh, the Trump position and indeed uh, many um, uh, companies, um, many um, actors, you know, also uh, uh, NGOs and, and foundations, etc., also oppose uh, the Trump view. So I think you're absolutely right. Um, l- let me um, <clears throat> turn now a little bit more to U.S.-China relations uh, before we um, end our discussion. Uh, recently, uh, former Ambassador Nikki Haley, she was the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. for the first period of the Trump administration, wrote an article in Foreign Affairs, very recently, July, titled, How to Confront an Advancing Threat from China, Getting Tough on Trade is Just the First Step. Um, it was, as far as I, you know, I could re- uh, assess, a rather uh, aggressive uh, uh, article. Uh, it said, uh, in part, to counter Chinese threats to U.S. vital interests, it's necessary for us to think creatively and courageously and without any illusions about our adversaries' intentions. To begin with, we should revise our regulations on trade and investment, especially in the high-tech sector, so that China can no longer exploit our openness. In general, I dislike government interference in private business, but our national security takes precedence over the free market policy. What do you think, I mean, what is your reaction to, to that uh, article and these expressions? And what do you think the Chinese uh, government's reaction is or has been? Well, I think uh, Nikki Haley's uh, article mm-hmm. is uh, quite hostile to China. <laughs> uh, she assumes that China is the enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, this is uh, far from uh, the reality. Uh, China is not the enemy of the U.S. Uh, and the policy she advocates uh, uh, appears to be making China an enemy. Okay. Uh, so uh, we often say enemy is of your own making. So if you adopt a hostile policy toward China, China will become hostile to you. Uh, this is the policy result you can get. Uh, so uh, I think uh, the, uh, a better way is to face the reality. I think the China-U.S. relationship is very complicated, uh, very complex. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. So we have to face uh, the reality that it's, uh, we have frictions, we have conflicts. But at the same time, we share a lot of stakes, a lot of common interests. So we have to uh, manage our conflicts and, and try to advance our common interests. I think that's a better approach. Uh, from the Chinese perspective, government's perspective, I think uh, uh, China uh, rejects uh, uh, Nikki Haley's uh, uh, position, mm-hmm. uh, thinking that this is a Cold War uh, rhetoric uh, and uh, it will not uh, uh, be supported uh, by uh, uh, people, uh, uh, peace-loving people in the world. So uh, uh, I, I hope that uh, her view is not widely shared, uh, but unfortunately, at least uh, it is widely shared in Washington, D.C. I, yeah, I was going to ask you, because I know you've been in, uh, in Washington uh, recently, um, how, you know, kind of what did you take away from your, uh, from your visits and discussions with, uh, with uh, I assume, former officials, officials, uh, um, you know, experts on uh, U.S.-China relations. What, what was your reaction to, to being in Washington? I think the atmosphere in Washington is uh, uh, quite uh, negative uh, to uh, uh, the benefits of uh, China-U.S. relationship over the uh, decade, past decades. Uh, Many people uh, share the Trump administration's view that uh, uh, you know the, the the U.S. should be tougher on China, uh, but they share the view for very different kinds of reasons. Some uh, believe that the uh, the is trapped, uh, thinking that the rising power must challenge the fundamental interests of the hegemonic or existing power. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, this conflict is irresolu- uh, unresolvable. So U.S. must be tough to contain China. And others believe that you know. Um, uh, in the past, we tried to engage China uh, in the hope that China would become uh, you know, more like the U.S. Now China is becoming more like uh, more, more unlike the U.S. <laughs> so they think that we should change strategy uh, from engagement to some kind of uh, uh, limited confrontation. So uh, and the business community also believes that uh, you know uh, a little bit. Uh, uh, Pressure on China may help, uh, you know, uh, improve business environment for, for for their investment in China. So you have people with different uh, reasons, uh, you know, uh, converging on, on on the policy of getting tough on China. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, uh, I think uh, the U.S. reaction is a little bit. Uh, uh, more emotional at the moment, uh, so it ha- I, I, I think the U.S. has to, Americans have to think, uh, 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 you know, take a pause and think about uh, the pros and cons uh, of the existing policy and how to how to devise uh, their policy in, in a in a in a more cool-headed uh, and, and uh, pragmatic way. 
I do believe that uh, the two countries share a lot of fundamental interests uh, as well as uh, differences. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. they should try to manage their differences and promote uh, their common interests. <clears throat> that makes uh, sense. I mean, I, let me let me reference then one more piece, which in fact just came out uh, today, and this is an article by Kurt Campbell and Jake Sullivan, uh, again writing in, in Foreign Affairs, and their piece is titled Competition Without Catastrophe, How America Can Both Challenge and Coexist with China, and in one point they wrote with a more of a focus, a nuance and focus on uh, East Asia. They said, in contrast to the military competition of the Cold War, which was a truly gro- global struggle, the dangers for Washington and Beijing are likely to be confined to the Indo-Pacific. Even so, the region features at least four potential hotspots, the South China Sea, the East China Sea, the Taiwan Strait, and the Korean Peninsula. Neither side wishes for conflict, but tensions are rising as both invest in offensive capabilities, boost their military presence in the region, and operate in um, ever closer proximity. Washington fears that China is trying to push U.S. forces out of the Western Pacific, and Beijing fears that the United States is trying to hem it in. Now, I, I've heard, and others, obviously, when we visit China, have heard about the concern about containment. Is, do you believe the Chinese leadership and the Chinese people believe the United States is, in a, is determined to contain China? Is that w- what the general perspective is out of, uh, out of China and Beijing? Well, uh yeah, recently, I think more people think that the U.S. policy is about uh, toward China is about containment, mm-hmm. the engagement, uh, uh, especially after the Trump administration lifted the uh, well imposed tariffs, uh, uh, rounds and rounds tariffs on uh, on China, and also this uh, international uh, prosecuting. Uh, Chinese high-tech companies, especially Huawei. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many people think that, you know, why why do the U.S. do this? Uh, and many conclude that it's because China's economic development. Uh, China has become more, uh, 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 you know, like a competitor uh, mm-hmm. to, to the U.S. The U.S. Uh, does not want China to be a competitor. Uh, so it wants to put China down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a, a view that is uh, more shared uh, in, among the Chinese than ever before since the, uh, the the adoption of the policy of reforms and openness. Well, maybe since uh, Nixon's visit to China in 1972. <laughs> so your sense is that uh, the Chinese leadership, Chinese government, uh, or the Chinese people... Uh, are concerned that there's this kind of growing effort on the part of the United States, as you said, on the technology side, but but generally to try and re- contain uh, China's, well, we used to call it China's rise? Yeah, that's the view uh, of both the Chinese government and a lot of people in China, mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, the, that is uh, the, the U.S. 
uh, it has decided that China is the enemy and has to be contained. Mm-hmm. And this is very unfortunate. Uh, I hope that the two, the two, two. I mean, the U.S. side will send signals that it wants to be a friend of China rather than an enemy of China. Uh, it's uh, if if they make China uh, the enemy, if China really becomes an enemy, mm-hmm. this will be disastrous for U.S. interests as well as for China's. All right. All right. They mentioned the four uh, potential uh, uh, spots of uh, hot spots, as they call it. Um, the South China Sea, East China Sea, Taiwan Strait, and Korea. We've talked about Korea and um, and uh, uh, to some de- degree the more general relationship. I guess the question, you know, it to to many it appeared that Xi Jinping had agreed earlier not to militarize the South China Sea. Yet there appears to have been. Uh, some militarization of some of the Chinese outcroppings in the South China Sea. And, you know, what explains uh, that uh, activity in the South China Sea? Well, I think Chinese government uh, believes that uh, to install some military uh, facilities uh, to the uh, newly developed islands, is for the island's protection uh, rather than to militarize the South China Sea. Uh, uh, there is a difference. Uh, Vietnam, Philippines, uh, they all have uh, installed uh, military uh, facilities into the islands. They ho- they they grab uh, they manage to 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 get hold of. Mm-hmm. So the Chinese uh, reason to themselves, why can't we? Uh, so, uh, so basically, they uh, installed uh, limited c- uh, capabilities uh, in, into those islands uh, to make sure that they are not taken away again. So, so you're suggesting that China's actions really are partly in reaction to the actions of others uh, in the area, um, the Philippines or, or Vietnam? Is this how it's seen by uh, by China? I think a lot of Chinese think this way, and also, of course, uh, uh, this uh, instinct uh, of uh, uh, self defense uh, uh-huh. contributes to this uh, uh, effort. Hmm. Let me let me just uh, mention briefly uh, or raise the question of. Of Taiwan, we saw within the last couple of days a decision by by China not to permit um, individuals from the mainland to travel to uh, to Taiwan, um, and the reaction, obviously negative reaction, on the part of the um, Taiwan government. There, um, you know, are those tensions rising with respect to? Taiwan and you know uh, is the, what's the reason here? I think it's um, uh, a sort of a reaction to uh, uh, the Taiwan authorities' recent uh, rhetoric and ac- international activities uh, to try to uh, assert Taiwan's so-called sovereign status. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
So the 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 Chinese uh, government decides that uh, uh, it should not help uh, the the Tsai Ing-wen or uh, you know uh, leadership. Uh, so this is a this is a sort of a reaction to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So overall, I take it uh, you. Uh, do you have concerns about the nature of these hot spots uh, with respect to you know, a kind of U.S.-China relations, uh, Jia Jingguo? Well, certainly. Uh, I think uh, some of the hot spots uh, are being managed, mm-hmm. uh, like the one in the East China Sea. Right. Uh, uh, others are becoming more uh, uh, prominent. Uh, especially uh, the Taiwan issue. The Taiwan issue was well managed during the Obama administration. Uh, since uh, Trump came into office, uh, the issue became more uh, prominent. Uh, uh, the administration has said that it hasn't done anything to change the, the existing policy. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, before he entered office, after his election, uh, he made a call to Tsai Ing-wen, which was unprecedented. And then, uh, you know, uh, he, uh, President Trump signed to uh, various kinds of pieces of legislation passed by the Congress uh, containing, uh, uh, you know, su- uh, suggested measures uh, on Taiwan, which the Chinese government thinks uh, are quite hostile, uh, like sending warships to the uh, Taiwan uh, harbor and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, uh, higher level, senior uh, level uh, visits by officials, uh, that those kind of things, you know. So uh, I think the 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 Taiwan issue has become more prominent. Well, I, I really appreciate your taking uh, time out from some vacation time uh, to uh, join with me in this uh, uh, podcast, both with respect to U.S.-China relations and, and with respect to the Japanese Osaka summit. I really uh, appreciate uh, uh, your uh, time uh, in the in the last uh, while, thank you very much, uh, Judging Guo, for uh, for joining me. Thank you, my pleasure. You've been listening to the Global Symmetry Podcast with Alan Alexandrov. This episode was edited by Kyle Fulton, and the music you heard was composed and performed by Rory Lavelle. You can find more of his music at rorylavelle.bandcamp.com.